Welcome to Shooting the Frisbees with your hosts, Jake and Randy, discussing all things freestyle frisbee and whatever else that comes up. All right. Welcome to Shooting the Frisbees with Jake and Randy. Hey, Jake, how you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you, Randy? I am doing fabulous. Thanks for asking. And you know what? I want to start off today by asking you a question. And that question is, what has been your most satisfying victory in your young freestyle career to date? Hmm. My most satisfying victory. That's a good one. Um, I think, yeah, I would say it's the second open pairs win that Matt and I had in 2007 in Amsterdam, or it wasn't Amsterdam, but it was the in Zandvoort, basically, where Amsterdam takes place. And what made it really satisfying, so we had our first win the year before that in Berlin, and uh, there we played really well, and it was really satisfying being our first open pairs win. But this next one was even more special because the other teams played really well as well. In fact, I really remember Dave Lewis and uh, Pat Marin playing. And we played before them, and then we watched them. And I, I was like, I don't know. They played great. We had three drops. I'm not sure if we got this. And then, you know, when you feel like you beat someone who is really strong competition, it just it's really special. So, uh, yeah, I think that's my most satisfying win. When you feel like you played well and the other teams played well, it definitely kind of raises the whole satisfaction level, right? Because you didn't just eke it out or, you know, you won because the other team, you dropped six and they dropped eight or whatever, you know? So that's uh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, uh, with that, let's go into today's episode. We will be continuing our conversation with Edo Turi, and he will give us some insight into how his partnership began with Maxine. Let's listen. So in 2019, we had World Urban Games with mixed pairs teams, and uh, you came with your partner Maxine, and uh, you guys had just this really cool, creative, flowing, uh, with beautiful lines, just an amazing routine. That was For me, it was really beautiful to watch. Uh, and you performed the same routine throughout many competitions, and I was just, every time you came on the field, I was really excited to watch it. And so I just wanted to ask you, how did Maxine come into the scene and talk a little bit about your partnership and building that routine? So Maxine and I uh, met uh, in the first uh, period of uh, 2018. Uh, she, she was a gymnast, and uh, an artistic gymnast, and, uh, but she always wanted to do like uh, rhythmic gymnastics uh, and uh, circus stuff. She always uh, wanted to do body movements, but with uh, an object. And uh, after uh, we met and we talked about uh, what we were doing in our lives, uh, she she really started to be passionate about uh, Frisbee. So I managed to uh, let her try uh, her first uh, throws and Frisbee catches uh, in the summer of 2018, because at first she was pretty scared of uh, the disc uh, coming to her and uh, yeah she's also a bit uh, um, shy so she she didn't really wanted to uh, go right into the sport but uh, yeah we did it and uh, like two weeks before uh, 
European Freestyle Open and FPA Worlds uh, in uh, Berlin and Ternava, respectively. Uh, she started, uh, and we started with some throwing catch, uh, and then with uh, three catches. Uh, yeah, in two weeks, she she learned uh, the nail delay. We were playing like uh, every day, practicing and uh, playing with uh, joy, just because we wanted to do it. Uh, and after I came back from FPA Awards, uh, there was, uh, it was settled the Coppa Città di Milano in September. I asked her if she wanted to compete with me and uh, she was like, uh, yeah, I'm not good enough, but uh, it's okay if you think we can do it. So we started to practice uh, a routine. Of course, it was, uh, she was not confident. Uh, she had no ma not many skills. Uh, with that confidence of the body, we managed to to get some very nice scope, uh, even though she played since, I don't know, two months. We uh, put together a couple of music uh, and uh, yeah, we did it and it worked uh, pretty great uh, because we won that uh, Coppa Città di Milano uh, and she was very happy. She was fired up. Uh, and in the meantime, she also learned uh, a lot, really a lot. Uh, I was so impressed with the uh, how she was able to step up her game. Yeah, after that, uh, there was uh, uh, Antigem, uh, and we just uh, sort of adapted the, the routine to a wind game, uh, which, is, which was not so hard to do, but uh, it was her first time uh, uh, with the wind at Antio, and she doesn't really like uh, playing with the wind. She really prefers playing in the gym uh, with uh, where she knows the conditions and uh, she can do all the flipping stuffs uh, and those kind of stuffs. Also there she played great. She she really managed to to play with the wind uh, and uh, of course it was not uh, as good as uh, uh, playing the park without wind. Uh, and then we had a couple of months to prepare ourselves for Lazzaroni which was in December after October, which was Ansio. I'm going to come in here really quick because Maxine, in a way, kind of had a head start because of her rhythmic gymnastic skills. So she was able to utilize her talent with gymnastics to incorporate simpler Frisbee moves. She was able to kind of step up in that difficulty range just because of what she could do with her body. Um, so that was really cool how you both took advantage of that as you're going through this this journey. So carry on. <laughs> okay, thanks. So yeah, at Lazzaroni, she also made a high huge uh, step up uh, in her game. Uh, so that's where we said uh, we need to change the routine from scratch. And we just took uh, another music uh, and that's the music that we that we stick with uh, the whole 2019 season. Yeah, there she had uh, lots more confidence. Like uh, as you said, Randy, at first it was much easier to do like uh, throne pool, figure four pool, indigenous pool, uh, cartwheel catch, uh, but uh, it was not easy for the handle of the disc uh, at first. Uh, but in December she was completely ready to do more difficult stuff. Yeah, I'm very uh, proud of the routine we made, uh, and uh, every time we there was a tournament. Uh, Every month we used to uh, step up the level of the routine. So was Frisbeer mm -hmm. the first time you unveiled that routine in 2019? Yeah, it was in Frisbeer. It was 
Yeah, after Lazzaroni, we kind of had not much time to step up. I mean, every time we we practiced the routine, we wanted to make it better and to make it more perfect. Uh, Maxine has a really hard mindset, uh, like uh, it's a gymnastics uh, uh, mindset, uh, which is very good because uh, that's what I think made us uh, step up the game uh, pretty cl- quickly. But it's also pretty frustrating for both uh, because uh, when you don't have uh, enough time to practice everything uh, and every time you practice the routine, you want to make uh, minor changes or upgrade things, uh, it becomes pretty yeah, pretty stress- stressful. I don't have regrets, but uh, yeah, it's a game changer of how you approach the routine and the build of choreography. That was totally apparent when you guys unveiled that at Frisbeer. And I was lucky enough, I was there at Frisbeer and I got to see you guys unveil it to everyone. And it was so magic. You guys came out, you had that sort of professional approach and you could tell that it was structured. It wasn't just like, oh, here, we're going to just do the first part and then here's the second part. And so you took everybody on a journey for that whole three minutes. And I remember when you finished, everybody was just kind of like, wow, what just happened? And, you know, you had so many unique moves in that routine. I know there was the the Rick Castilla and Stacey Anderson move that you guys did and where she does a cartwheel and you toss the disc between her legs. And, um, you know, it was just like one of those magic moments. And you just had one magic moment after another, after another. And you did a phenomenal job of building that routine to take us on that journey. So so kudos to you for, for really respecting the process and uh, bringing that creative energy to the game. Thank you very much. Yeah, the stressful part, the the problems came out uh, when we had to work on how to do tricks, not uh, like uh, on how to build the the flow in the routine and then going up and down. That was pretty easy to do. Uh, like uh, here some double disc, uh, here some speed flow, there are some indies i don't know that was not not a problem but uh, really the the little things we we really care about uh, little things and uh, yeah that's where problems comes out (laughs) (laughs) and you know what that's never going to change because that's where the problems (laughs) always come out i got when you're building the skeleton you know the structure that's where the hard work is but building the skeleton is where the gnar can appear and you can butt heads yeah totally you're totally right. Anyway, continuing to the, with the journey, um, yeah, we thought that uh, uh, with such short time uh, to practice between uh, Lazzaroni and uh, Frisbeer, I think that's actually the the best performed uh, routine from us from the 2019. Uh, like during the finals, uh, uh, we uh, it just happened. Uh, we we were at the uh, second last combo or something like that, and I realized, wait, we haven't had a drop, and that's where I dropped. <laughs> <laughs> you can never think that. <laughs> you sabotaged yourself. Yeah, totally. And uh, yeah, even the last catch was a uh, simple under the leg, so it was mirrored, and I just said, okay, I haven't had any drop. I just go for the switch guides, which I dropped. <laughs> oh, there you go. Well, that's the right way to do it. If you're thinking no drops, I'm going to go big now. 
That's, that's <laughs> the correct answer. <laughs> well, you know, Larry Imperiali has a theory. He says, like, if you're going dropless, you want to make sure you at least drop one in the semifinals. So when you go to the finals, you know, you don't want to have this perfect thing. I mean, you did it in the finals, but Larry has this, you know, theory that you got to at least drop one in the semi so you don't, like, get yourself overly psyched for the finals. Yeah, so also Maxine and I had uh, some kind of theories. Like, uh, we always used to kind of fucked up uh, in the semifinals we need a quarter final and that get better in the finals and that's exactly the opposite of what happened uh, in at the italian open so we had uh, much more time uh, to practice after frisbeer for the italian open uh, and we thought we were ready but uh, then uh, semifinals went good and finals not so good I mean, we weren't happy with how they, with the outcome of the routine. Even though we won, uh, we weren't so much happy. After that, uh, um, yeah, Italian Open was uh, in coincidence with the ultimate uh, Italian uh, championships. Uh, and that uh, went out uh, on TV. And uh, so some guy from TV shows uh, saw Frisbee and Freestyle and they asked to uh, the Ultimate Frisbee Trento team, which is the organizers, uh, if they knew someone who could uh, do some shows for Italia's Got Talent, which is a TV show. Uh, so they asked us, uh, and uh, Maxine and I say, said yes, uh, and we started to do a separate routine uh, for this TV show. That was another very stressful part, another frustrating part, because it's like it was like uh, two times a week uh, we sent them a version of this routine, and they replied to us, no, change this, no, change that. So we did this process all the summer. Uh, then we went with uh, to the um, castings because uh, they asked us to come, but we still had to do castings. Uh, I don't know if it's casting, the right words, where uh, yep. they choose uh, if you are the good person for them. An audition might be the word. Audition, audition. yeah. Uh, so we went there and they said, yeah, it's cool, but let's change this, let's change that. Uh, uh, one time was the music, one time was the way we cooperated. In the end, they didn't pick out, uh, picked us uh, and it was really, really, really because we spent the whole summer practicing this new routine, apart from the words for World Games, uh, etc., uh, to spend all our energies on this, and then uh, it turned out uh, in nothing. It, doesn't, it didn't really turn out in nothing because some things of uh, the this new routine uh, just uh, we bring we brought uh, those things in the World of Run Games routine, like the the part the first part when when we hold our hands and we do this cooperation with this calm cooperation. Uh, so it was not all wasted time, but yeah, we were really mad <laughs> at them. Yeah. Well, I hope you didn't get beat out by some dog trick uh, <laughs> thing. <laughs> no, I don't know if anyone beat us, uh, but we weren't just uh, what they wanted. I had no idea that they exercised so much creative control, like telling you what, what you should do and shouldn't do. I thought it was more of a, here's what I do. Do you like me? And that was all there was to it. Yeah, also 
also because they asked us if we wanted to do the audition. So we thought, okay, we just do our routine and that's all. And but it was a completely different uh, structure then. Yeah, you thought you had the gig already. You're like, hey, you came to us, you, you wanted us, and now you tell you don't want us. Well, screw you. So you yeah. wasted all of our time. And now we're pissed off at you. So, yeah, totally. Wow. Yeah, and so that took away your time and hours of what you wanted to put in for your routine for 2019. But you still ended up having a very nice, a nice routine. Yeah, I'm very, very happy on how things turned out in, to do, in the whole 2019. Uh, yeah, it's experience also that, you know, knowing how to behave and how to talk with the TV shows and organizers of uh, events, bigger events. Yeah. So... When you and Maxine started putting this routine together for Frisbeer, did you know that World Urban Games was going to happen? Um, no, I think uh, it was uh, right after Frisbeer uh, that the World Urban Games thing uh, came out, or maybe like one or two weeks before Frisbeer. Okay. But uh, we started this routine in uh, like October, November of the year before. So when you found out about World Urban Games and found out that you were selected, did that change your strategy for the routine at all? Or is it just full steam ahead straight into the competition? We just worked harder. Awesome. <laughs> we always wanted to go to do good and to show our best skills, uh, but not to drop, of course. World Urban Games and the prize money just uh, incentivized the hard work. Yeah, and you know what's kind of cool about that world urban games experience having appeared during that same year you lost out on the the talent show part but world urban games decided to feature you guys and you guys got to do the promotional video and so what was that like talk to us a little bit about that so the whole experience the whole world urban games experience was amazing and beyond expectations uh like when i started playing frisbee i would never think that something like that could have happened like uh uh, get to know sponsored athletes, uh, winning competitions and winning prize money or uh, doing shootings, uh, being paid uh, for doing a flight over another city and uh, going to the to a tournament, uh, not having to worry about anything else made me feel like a pro, you know, like <laughs> a rock star. I don't know. Uh, maybe I'm saying too much, but uh, that that was kind of the feeling that I had during both the filming, uh, the production of the promotion, promoting video, and the the competition. On the other hand, of course, pressure was on, and uh, because we wanted to showcase freestyle at its best, uh, and uh, plus uh, I personally needed money because I wanted to go to the VS the next month, uh, so <laughs> I really wanted to to go, to do good. Yeah, also, um, I think uh, I, I really like both uh, the competition and the filming, but uh, I, I may have enjoyed uh, the filming and promotion video more than the competition. In the, la in the past years, uh, I, I got much more into filming uh, and in, into doing uh, spread the jam videos. Uh, so it was very uh, great to have a professional crew to do these kinds of stuff. It was a rush because we had like two or two days and a half to do all the shootings. We arrived uh, at one night and the day after at 6, uh, 6 a.m. we went shooting uh, some videos on a rooftop beautiful view over the, the whole city and over the river 
yeah, there was like uh, huge cameras uh, and all these guys with all the gear. It was very, very cool for me. The same day uh, in the afternoon, uh, all the heroes also from other sports uh, went into a huge indoor building to do some photo shooting, uh, photos for each sport. The pics uh, that uh, represented freestyle for uh, the World Urban Games uh, and that were attached uh, in the whole city with the uh, banners uh, and this kind of stuff. In fact, uh, uh, when we were uh, going with the bus during the competition uh, from the hotel to the competition site, uh, all the players were like, oh, look, there's Maxine there. <laughs> and there's a. Because <laughs> so you guys were on the billboards yeah. driving yeah. from the hotel to the, the actual competition site. Yep. I remember mm-hmm. that walking onto the competition site, and there's a huge banner, and there's Maxine just doing her. <laughs> wow, that is so cool! I forgot, Jake, that you were there because you were doing the announcing, yeah, so I you was also there, got yeah. to experience that. Here's another cool thing about that experience for me is that I was actually in your hometown in Rovereto when you were there at World Urban Games, and I was in Mattia and Ali's apartment with Andrea and Sarah and a couple other folks from Rovereto. And so I was in Rovereto watching on a TV, you and Maxine competing and cheering with your Rovereto crew. So it was just, it was really magical on my side that I got to do that. And it was so unique. And man, they were just, we were all just rooting for you guys and yelling. And, you know, it was, again, there was that professional experience. It was like seeing freestyle presented in a way that was like, it was a professional sport was so enlightening. And uh, I'm so happy that you got to be be there and kind of lead that. And as I mentioned, Jake, you were also there at World Urban Games doing the announcing with Bethany Sanchez Porter. So what was your experience like there being at World Urban Games? It was a great experience just to be a part of such a big, a big production, a big professional sporting event. But one of the things that I really got from there was the way that they produced the freestyle live stream was just very professional. They had lots of cameras and instant replays and overlays and and just the equipment that they had was way, way more professional than anything I had ever experienced. And so it was very cool to be in like a separate announcer's booth, which I had never experienced before. We had this sound panel that had... Um, mute button and then it had another button where you could talk to the production crew who was sitting somewhere else and the audience wouldn't actually hear you so we could hit that button and ask them a question like what's going to happen next or uh, should we keep talking now or whatever you know whatever it was just like eye-opening experience really it was very cool so i learned a ton from that which i then applied to the next live stream that we produced at worlds later that year um, we put the announcers that year up on a different level and just strung some really long wires so that they could do their own thing and be a little bit separate from the rest of all the action. I didn't realize that you had gleaned that from your experience at World Urban Games. So that's very cool. And it's so cool that you had like that whole crew there supporting you at the World Urban Games and just giving you such a different window into like what could be, right? Yeah, right. You can totally see where freestyle could go, how it could be presented well to an audience, especially over live production. Um, And, you know, we just felt like royalty. I mean, we're used to having these little tournaments where we do everything ourselves and suddenly you, you come in and everything's already set up for you people are bringing you water and it was just great um there was this really nice relaxation space where all of the competitors and the staff could just go and sit on beanbag chairs and watch the production happening and talk and uh there were massages and yeah it was just great you know 
something I'd never experienced before. Cool again. I mean, that's just what Eduardo was saying too, that they just were so pampered and taken care of that you really could focus in on your on your sport and your art. I would love to see it go there more. Totally. The other thing that I want to say is I just want to give a shout out to Ryan Young because we didn't know that this was going to happen, but he and I were talking and we were talking about how important it is to have really good announcers. And so he and I decided we're just going to practice being announcers. And so we found some tournament footage online and we got on a call and we just announce back and forth and record it and then listen back to it and then critique ourselves. And after about four weeks of doing that, we felt like we got better. And all of that practice really helped me be confident when I was announcing at World Urban Games. So thanks, Ryan, for having that experience with me. And you know what? It came across because you and Bethany had great chemistry together and it really was smooth and you guys were informed. And, and so that practice obviously paid off. Yeah, totally paid off. What I have to say also, what I have to say is very exciting is that, you know, Freestyle was at the last World Urban Games. My understanding it's going to be at the next World Urban Games too. So I believe that this is just the beginning of the future of what's going to happen to the sport. Yeah. And on that note, Jake, I will talk to you next time. Talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to Shooting the Frisbees with Jake and Randy. To contact us or for more info, check us out at frisbeeguru.com. Home to Haynesville, shooting the frisbees and live stream.